Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Infinite Off-Road. Infinite Off-Road has a super crazy warranty, a 25 year, which is crazy. Most of you guys won't even have a razor in 25 years. We'll have whatever comes next. A you break it, we replace it warranty. It even covers accidental damage. You get out there, you hit it with a hammer, accident. You do whatever you need to do. That warranty is also covered on all Infinite Off-Road brand. High output light bars and pods, whips, UTV mirrors and grills with built-in lighting, power controllers, wheel rings, rock lights. Yeah, the rock lights. The rock lights are awesome. They are red, green, blue, white. The first one to include white with a pure dedicated white emitter rather than mixing colors to create white. They have twice the emitters in the kit, and the output gives the brightest, richest, widest patterns. Bluetooth controller on that, handheld controller, heavy-duty aluminum case with side wire design, eliminates the need for the adapter, so you can just put it exactly where it needs to go, and you'll get exactly what you want. They have modular kits that allow you to key in a bunch of different things. They have a 4-watt and 8-watt Rocklight pod kit. They have a dome light with built-in switch and HD flex strips in a variety of sizes, including... They also carry red, green, blue whips. Um, something really important I want to go on, or I want to say before we get into the podcast today, is our Facebook contest. If you don't know, we have a Facebook, uh, racingontherocks.com, uh, or Racing on the Rocks on Facebook. And what we're doing on there is we're giving away a huge amount of free gear right at the end of uh, into the Southern Rock Racing Series season. Every single week, it's getting more and more. I got some stuff in the mail today from Rogers Racing. Uh, basically, at the end of the year, Whoever has signed up for our newsletter, you can sign up for that on Facebook. There's a link on our Instagram as well, Racing on the Rocks. When you go sign up, you get your name in there. If you share one of our posts um, about the contest, it also gets your name in there for another entry. At the end of the season, we're going to look back, we're going to calculate, and we're going to do a random drawing. Everyone, one person is going to get everything in the entire prize kit. So please go to our Instagram, Facebook. Uh, whatever you're listening on at YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, make sure you guys are subscribed, you like, you download, do whatever you need to do. It just really helps us build better content. Um, it's going to be great, though. I really want someone who deserves this prize package to win. Uh, we're going to have some parts included. I'm going to throw in uh, some parts from some of our sponsors, and we're going to have some great prizes at the end of the season. Go ahead and get your name signed up on that letter, and it will be great. Today on the podcast, we have Cody Wagner. Cody Wagner is the current driver of the Lasernut Racing Ultra 4 car. That is the independent suspension all the way around. Super cool. Armada engineering design chassis. Crazy Ultra 4 car that just seems to defy current standards. It is really setting the precedence for what the future holds. So I really liked Cody. I had a great time talking to him. At the end of the podcast, we actually talk about something that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, so please stick around, listen to it. Uh, it is really, really cool. And he actually dropped some big spoilers for the upcoming year. So without further ado, Cody Wagner. Get a drink and gather around. Let's talk drivers. Let's talk rigs. Let's talk skill. You've got the best of the best in the off-road racing world. Have a seat at the table with us, and let's talk about racing on the rocks. All right. Hey, Cody. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Uh, first things first, I want to say thanks for coming on the show. Uh, this is a huge thing. I actually, uh, 
I had planned on waiting a little while till I reached out to you. Um, got a few more podcasts under my belt because uh, you were someone that I really wanted to talk to. Um, it, it seems it seems that you have uh, taken up social media here by storm lately, and uh, for good reason. Uh, you know, just having never met you, you're on the other side of the country. I'm uh, in Tennessee. Uh, where are you located? You call it 25 minutes from Disneyland. Oh, you're 25 minutes from Disneyland? Yeah, so that kind of gives you a general idea of where I live, but I, I don't live by, I mean, 25 miles from Disneyland or 50 miles from the L.A., south of L.A. Yeah. Um, I live on a little beach, a little sleeping beach community yeah. called uh, San Clemente, okay. and uh, I pretty much have lived there since uh, high school, um, and I still reside there with my family. That's awesome, man. So... I have so much I want to talk to you about, so I just want to go ahead and get the ball rolling. Um, yeah. What was what was the first off road rig you've ever had? <laughs> um, well, it's it's kind of a the first off road rig I had I ever had was a 1971 CJ5 Jeep. Nice. And it, it's kind of a cool story. Yeah. Um, I was uh, one of my high school friends who I used to surf every day with. I mean, I, I used to be a surf bum, we'll call it, back in high school. Yeah. That's all I do is surf, surf, surf. He had a he had this CJ7, and he talked about this really cool event that's out in uh, Ocotillo Wells Truck Haven area called TDS, Terra del Sol. It actually just happened this last weekend, and I missed it because I was at a rock crawl. Yeah, yeah, it's all. But uh, I, I had a 1988 pickup truck, reliable pickup truck. He talked me into selling it and buying this 1971 CJ5, and it was probably <laughs> it, it. Pretty much, the rest is history. Yeah. Let's put it that way. I yeah. I got a taste for off roading, and it kind of went from there. So, and I still have that Jeep. I still have it. Hey, it's, that's uh, so that's impressive. I always hear that everyone either let their first Jeep go and they regret it, or they're glad that the piece of junk is gone. Um, <laughs> like for me, for example, I had a uh, I had a 2003 TJ is my first car when I was 16, and uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad it's it's not around anymore. I actually ended up tracing it back on social media and found the guy that bought it. Uh, he ended up totaling it like a year after I sold oh, it. Oh wow! Yeah, you know that one's hard to see, but you know it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I would have I would have sold it years ago, but my wife said, "No, you're not selling it. You can't sell it." So we, it, I haven't driven it in probably ten years. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's in my shop. Well, and, uh, well, someday we'll pull it out and, you know, cruise around in it. Yeah, so it's funny. I've actually, I've heard every, <laughs> I, let me just phrase it this way. I haven't heard someone's wife so far say that they should keep a rig. So <laughs> I think that that's, uh, that's pretty interesting so far. So uh, that's a, you're the first for that one for sure. Um, but going back to it, um, you know, you mentioned TDS. Uh, you're obviously on the West Coast. Uh, w with your Jeep, was everything, were you guys more trail riding? Was it rock crawling competitions? Like, what route did you go first? Well, when I, when I first bought it, um, it, uh, it, was, it was a little built. It had some bigger tires, no power steering, nice. uh, <laughs> posi traction front end. And uh, we went out there, and there's these really cool notches. It's kind of like, just picture like a, a, a notch or V-notch with uh, soft dirt, and you can take your jeep and go through these things and literally lay the jeep on its side yeah. and it would keep going and i'm like man that looks like fun i want to be able to do that so yeah. to be able to do that you had to get a locker so i went to a, a guy named jason bunch 
corner of Tri-County Gear in Pomona. And uh, he put a Muncie SM420 transmission in, which is real low, low, low gears. Yeah. And uh, a walker in my rear end. And we went out there and we started doing these really cool maneuvers and stuff. And he, he taught me how to do it. And uh, I was, it's a, it's a funny story. I I spent enough money with him. Now, my am I'm like 18 or 17 or 18 years old. <laughs> yeah. I spent enough money with him. That I that he took me out to the Hammers in '97. Oh wow! So I, I went out to the Hammers for this customer appreciation run for the first time to the Hammers. Wow! And fell in love. We went up Sledgehammer, which everyone knows about. Right, right. And he literally walked me through the entire trail with a with no power steering and an open front end on 33 inch tires with an 83 inch wheelbase. I had to learn how to wheel because if you have no lockers. You have to keep the wheels on the ground. Yeah. Once a wheel goes up in the air, you need to get it back to the ground because the you know the, the locking the traction shifts. So he taught me how to wheel, and uh, then competition started coming come coming around in the late nineties, mm-hmm. and I got a little taste of that. Yeah. Um, so, so one thing I want to mention is you know all the time, whether it's on social media or out at the parks with any of my buddies. You always hear guys, they want you know the biggest, the baddest, latest technology, the, the all the bells and whistles. But there really is something to be said for learning on a vehicle that doesn't have all those things because it really does make you a better driver. Um, I know Absolutely. A lot of the time I interview guys who, uh, I've done a lot of side-by-side interviews here lately, and a lot of the guys who are you know at the top of the ring for the competitive racing right now, they all ran 800s, which is the 50-inch wide, basically you know nothing against players but like they're pieces of junk and uh they ran all those guys they ran the 800s for as long as they could and now they're some of the best drivers now that they have the better vehicles um so you know just hearing you say that and and knowing where this conversation ends by you know seeing your um your social media and just kind of the things you get yourself into now uh, i can see how having a vehicle like that just made you that much better of a driver yeah, you know, I think that's a great point to touch on. A lot of people, you know, if they go to my social media now and look at it, they they like they don't know the whole story. They don't know that, you know, I used to go out to the desert and sleep in the back of my pickup truck because I loved it so much, or a tent, and mm-hmm. and had a, a beat up piece of crap's Jeep, and we 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 just kind of grew from there. We. Uh, we, we got something a little better and then a little better and then a little better to what we have now, which I'm very fortunate to be able to do what I do and, and, and have what I have. Yeah, and so that's why we're doing the podcast. So, so you can get a chance to tell everyone exactly how it all happened and they can go out and do it themselves. So Absolutely. You, you mentioned that you know you had one rig, you had another, you had another. Uh, you know, Again, we've got a lot to cover, so if you want to keep it short or go into depth as long as you want, um, I've got yeah, nothing, I'll go the depth I've got nothing take but time. That long. But, uh, yeah, right. what are those rigs you had? Well, so the 71 Jeep, um, when I was 18, I, I had that, and we did a lot of trailer wheeling in 97, 98, 99, uh, going to the hammers, doing all the you know claw hammer and sledgehammer mm-hmm. and jackhammer and outer limits and spooners. And, and like I was saying earlier, uh, the competitions were huge back then, yeah. you know, with all the guys, the Currys and uh, the Kevin Hawkins and Tracy Jordan and John Bunner and all those guys. And, and it was a full-on, you know, show. And I was like, man, yeah. that is really cool. But they never had a modified stock class. So mm-hmm. in 2001, they they came out with the modified stock class. 
I was like, okay, I think I can, let, let's go get a shot. So I asked my dad to spot for me. Mm-hmm. We went down to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and uh, <laughs> gave it a shot. My, my little Jeep with the smallest, shortest wheelbase with leaf springs, mind you, leaf, leaf springs under the axles, not on top, <laughs> where, where, where I was competing against Joe Shum, um, which was from Twisted Customs, uh, Frank Curry, it was really cool, and we did really well. I think we got, like, second or third place. I beat Frank Curry, and I was like, wow. man, we're, we're, we might be okay at this. Yeah, that's amazing. So and, this is all in the, to, and this is all in the technical rock crawling, kind of like what yeah. you do now in the We Rock series, correct? Yeah, the, techni- the technical rock crawling uh, hardcore competitions pretty much is exactly what we do today. Um, we're just in a different class. Mm-hmm. And they actually still have sportsman classes. Yeah. For for the for the it was actually pretty cool this weekend. I saw a, a, a guy I haven't seen for years, Kathy Crook. I used to compete against her um, back in the day. She still had her same Jeep out there competing. <laughs> she got first place in her class, and uh, it, it's just cool to go out and compete and have fun and see people that you haven't seen or you would never see uh, that enjoy it as much as as we do. Yeah, absolutely. So, so from 2001 to 2006, I ran that little CJ5, um, and we won a lot of lot of competitions. Going against Jeff Mello, he was a fierce competitor of ours. Jason Shearer, who I'm sure everyone knows, just one king of the hammers. The name. Yeah, absolutely. We used to. He had a little baby blue uh, CJ5 back th- back in the day, and we used to compete against him. He, he was he was just as good back then as he is now. Yeah, and I, and he still has his Jeep, which is cool. Um, and uh, we, we got sponsors, and it was actually, a, it was a really good gig. We got a huge sponsor called Detroit Locker, mm-hmm. and they were sponsoring us. And after five years of doing it, the competition kind of, there wasn't as much competition as I wanted. I wanted to see if we could get to the next step, if we can compete against the best. So I hit up Mitch Guth- Guthrie, which I'm sure you've heard of Mitch Guthrie Jr., Absolutely. who just won King of the Hammers. And I hit up Mitch Guthrie he had a he had the first Shannon Campbell moon buggy and it was for sale. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to him and bought that, and we went into the limit class in 2006 mm-hmm. and uh, competed against the best from six, seven, eight, and nine. Um, and did really well. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you how many championships and, and uh, events we won, or we were on the top podium spot. Yeah, but it was a great run from 2001 to 2006 with the little Jeep, and yeah. then from 2006. 2009 with uh, the moon buggy what uh, in 2009 things were kind of there wasn't much competition i thrive on competitions like the event <laughs> i went to this weekend yeah. and jesse haynes and, and jeff mckinley and justin Kalman and, and matt messer you know if those guys weren't there and i i mean if they weren't there to compete against there's no reason to go yeah I, absolutely back in 2008 and 9 there was actually one point that rock crawling was kind of at a low. I went to an event. I was all I competed against myself. Yeah. It was. I went, drove all the way to Farmington, Mexico, and and we got first. But there you go. Else got last, so. <laughs> oh yeah. So in 2009, I really wanted to. Um, I, I I just felt right to get out of it and focus mm-hmm. more on on my business, Laser Nut, because that that Laser Nut started in 2007. Okay. So. Um, I just got out of competition rock crawling, focused on laser nut, which laser nut um, is just a, a, 
as my dad calls it, a glorified welding shop. Okay. It's uh, it's a little more than that, but yeah, it's yeah. Uh, we have lasers okay. um, that cut, <laughs> cut out metal parts. Yeah. And then we did that for a few years, and then people would ask us on, hey, can you bend the part? Yeah. Like, yeah, we can bend the part. And then we started bending the, bending the parts, and then they asked if we can weld the parts. And So now we actually do a full line of product for anyone who comes through the door. We don't make any of our own parts to sell. Mm -hmm. They're all for... Um, other manufacturer? Other manufacturers that sell the product. Okay. Well, and... Uh, before we go any further into your into your business, um, I actually on your Instagram, I think I found your Jeep was uh, yellow. Is that correct? Yep. Okay, so there is a picture up there. It's actually I not didn't have to do too much looking. It's from March seventeenth of uh, last year, and uh, I'm looking at it, and you're not kidding. You uh, you were you were rolling with some some uh, we'll call it dated technology, and uh, oh, yeah. it'd be nice. So, you know, a, a lot of guys that listen uh, right now, we're all East Coast-based primarily. Um, the idea of a competitive rock crawling competition, you know, for those who aren't aware, it's, from my understanding, I could be wrong. Again, I, I have done very little research into this just because it's so foreign. But you guys have a laid-out course, um, essentially with cones, uh, which would be like checkpoints, that you have to weave your way through, and the... The checkpoints are in some of the most obscure locations, on the most off-camber, just unbelievable positions that you think you can get a vehicle in. You know, when you're learning how to drive like that, you know, obviously your Jeep didn't have four-wheel steer, your Jeep had an open front end, you know, how do you learn how to drive like that and be so delicate? Well, back in the day when I had that little Jeep, um, the biggest thing is... is not breaking parts. I didn't want to be that guy on the trail yeah. that was broke. Because yeah. every time you go on that cheap run or, or, <laughs> or run, there was that guy or a, or a gal yeah. that, you know, you, they break on the trail and then you sit there for four hours welding it up or fixing it or running yeah. back to camp. And yeah. I, I never wanted to be that guy. I actually had anxiety of being that guy. Yeah, I so I, the only way not to be that guy is uh, to make sure your Jeep's ready to go before you get out there yeah. and to take care of it and get through get through the trails and pick the line. And then if you need a stack of rock, stack of rock. You know, you don't have to have big balls and pick your macho and an ego that, oh, I don't need any rocks. I, I'm going to get up it one way or another. Well, <laughs> if you don't get up it and you break and we have to sit there for four hours, I mean, how, 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 I mean what's the point? So yeah. I've always learned, you know, I had a little... I had a Dana 44 in the rear of that little Jeep, and I had a Dana 30 until I upgraded to a 44, but uh, we always had these little diffs, and uh, just, you know, always ran the best parts, and always maintenance their stuff after every competition. We'd pull the axles out, mm -hmm. check them, and we'd always run the best little, you know, Chromoly 300M axles with the CTM gear joints. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, it, it has a lot to do with prep. I mean, you got you have to you got to prep your stuff. A lot of people go to the competitions, and I don't. Maybe they prepped it. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. They'd always break a lot, so yeah. you you would you would win a lot a lot of times just because they didn't prep their stuff. Yeah. So you mentioned that whole mentality of you know I have to keep my machine together versus the mentality of like I'm going to get it up to the top of that hill if we pull it by a tow truck. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that. Out east um, versus west, the the riding is so different because 
uh, at the east, if you ever were to break apart, if you ever were to do anything like that, um, the truck is just, you know, at most a half mile away in most situations. Um, when you're out west, you know, you guys are potentially miles and miles away from your, you know, whether your tow truck or if you don't have a tow truck at all, you know, you're miles away from an auto parts store that may have your part. Um, that obviously plays a big factor into how you drive out there. Um, but, you know, going into that and, and, and after what you just said right there, we move into the, the moon buggy days. When you went from a Jeep to an actual dedicated moon buggy, you know, <laughs> obviously a moon buggy center gravity is substantially lower, but I mean, I really can't think of anything that is the same when it comes to a full body Jeep versus a moon buggy. Can you talk about the differences and what it was like switching over? Yeah, well, it, it, it's night and day. Um, I mean, you have this this moon buggy that the it's a mid engine. You have un, you, you're so low to the ground, you actually feel like the tires are above you, yeah, yeah. and uh, you it can climb anything and it can drop off virtually anything. Uh, it, it, it's it was a huge it was huge, um, especially uh, you can't really break anything because it had a little motor, a little uh, Ecotec motor in it, so there was right. never enough horsepower to use. You just had a lot of torque, and uh, it it was different. I mean, you, I mean, there was sometimes you put the, you got to put the foot to the floor, and it, it'll bounce up in one way or another, and and uh, and that's how you get, you got up a lot of the things. Because back in the day, they they had these walls, these these ten, fifteen, twenty foot walls that you had to shoot up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember this one time we went to Texas, and um, Marty Hart used to compete. He's a an off road, a professional off road racer. And uh, he had a moon buggy, and he shot up this wall, literally just shot up it and landed on top like a dirt bike. And I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, I'm going to have to do that. It's the only way to get up that wall. <laughs> and we did it, and I, I have a picture that, you know, I smile at every time where the buggy's just, you know, two feet in the air. Yeah. Not like, those, not like you, the, the rock bouncers. Those guys are insane. I, I, I want to get back to see one of those events. But holy crap, those yeah. guys. Yeah. And when I went to the shootout at King of the Amherst this year and saw them just shoot up the face of that wall that was pretty impressive i i was my hat's off to those guys yeah so yeah it's it's a different way of wheeling different style yeah absolutely i would imagine so so there's a lot i want to say there we'll come back to the rock bouncers because i actually have a very interesting uh proposition for you uh coming up soon (laughs) um but uh you know you you say you have these little mid-size or not mid-size but um you know where where's the engine located in the chassis of a moon buggy? Hold on one sec, I got a I got a highway patrol. Hold oh, on one sec. You're good. <laughs> for, for those who for those who didn't hear our previous conversation, uh, before we started the podcast, uh, Cody's actually driving. And, I am uh, back. Okay, there he is, and he's back. Um, but but you know, uh, the design of these moon buggy chassis are obviously way different than anything else. You know, really anything else in the world. Uh, what's the benefit of having the engine placement where it is? Where do you like to have your engine placement? You know, why is it built the way it's built? Obviously it's low so you can climb, but you know, everything else is kind of a question mark. Yeah. For, 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 do- for dodging cones, you pretty much, you want, you want to have the best visibility possible. And I, I feel a moon buggy is the way to go. So you're actually, I mean, you're, you're technically riding on the front axle. I mean, your, your, your feet, are almost above the front axle, (laughs) 
And awesome. It, it, it's like a lazy boy. It, it's so cool. I, that's why I let anyone and everyone who wants to sit in it or drive it around. I, I let this guy, Mitch Hoover, he was out at the competition this last weekend. And I'm like, hop in it. Take it for a spin. He, he almost shit his pants. It's hilarious. <laughs> but I, I think he wants to buy one now. But, yeah. I mean, it, it's an experience that no one I – mean, you, you have to experience it. Just like I'm sure the Rock Round Series and Ultra Floor and everything else is the same type of experience. But it's, it's a great – Great visibility, low center of gravity. gravity. Uh, all the controls are right there. There's not a second seat. I mean, it's a purpose-built car that just is meant for business. It just works. Um, yeah. It's it's light. I mean, a lot of people don't know it, but you, you run. You actually, I run lead shot in the front of my tires wow. to 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 get the weight ratio just right. So you can imagine, you know, hundreds of pounds in each of those front tires yeah. that just keep the weight even lower to the ground and it and, and it makes a big big difference and that's, the yeah. motor the motor in the back what's great about the motor in the back is a lot of the competitions there's drop-offs mm-hmm. like i mean back in the day there's i don't know 15 20 foot drop-offs that you'd have to Man. do a nose wheelie and gas out of to to uh to keep from rolling forward and having the engine in the back, it, it makes a big difference on those drops. And when you have it in the front, the weights when the weight drops off, uh-huh. and then the light back kicks up, you uh-huh. flip over. Having it in the back, it makes a big difference. Yeah. So you know, you mentioned a fifteen and twenty foot drop. What's the wheelbase of, of an average moon buggy? Uh, the average moon buggy I say is about around one hundred and ten inches. Okay. Some guys are a little longer, some a little shorter, but one hundred and ten, one hundred fourteen. Okay. Um, if I'm not mistaken, rock bouncers are somewhere in that ballpark. Of, I, I could be making it up, but I've heard one twenty um, around there for the rock bouncer. So that uh-huh. all sounds right. That sounds good. Um, so you got in this moon buggy. You started having great success. Um, what, what came after the the period of success for the moon buggy? Well. From 2006 to 2009, you know, I had the Shannon Campbell moon buggy, right. and uh, then I got out of it for four years, and I went back to trail wheeling. Uh-huh. Um, I went to the Hammers. I, I had I had a kid, and uh, did a lot of family wheeling. I, I bought a twisted custom four seater. Yeah, there you go. I, I've, I've always wanted a twisted custom buggy, so we bought one, and and uh, we did all the trails of the Hammers and made a lot of trails. Had a really really good time, and then. Um, so to, to keep going with the history, I never went to King of the Hammers. I made it a point mm-hmm. not to ever go to King of the Hammers. Well, in 2013, I went to King of the Hammers, and that was the year <laughs> Randy Slauson won. Yep. And I'm like, well, I can do this. So I had Randy Slauson build two identical bombers, okay. one for myself and one for my dad. And uh, 2014, decided the race King of the Hammers. We got uh, eight, 18th at our first race ever and then the next year um we raced again and got seventh and uh that's when i said you know i will never beat randy slauson in his car right he's yeah you know i I love the bomber my dad still has it i use it for uh pre-running yeah it's a solid car it works really really good and if you have the balls to to go fast especially when it drives with the steering the way it is Uh um you know, more power to you, but I'm a really conservative driver at going fast. I'm not real good at going fast. I'm getting better, mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I decided that you know what, it's time to build something that that 
will give me an advantage, and that's when I hit up Armada Engineering, and they built the Culture 4 car I have now. Yeah, so before, I want to talk about the bomber, because it's, it's actually funny. I had, uh, I had a little bit of questions I wanted to ask you before, and uh, one question I was debating on asking you was, you know, your 4400 car that you have now, that we'll talk about here in a little while, um, how does it compare to a bomber? Because a lot of guys out east, um, essentially off-road, uh, actually built a, or had a race team that went to King of Hammers a few years ago, and they ran one of Randy's cars, and, you know, I don't even remember if they finished or not. Long story short, the Bomber is such a, I don't, I want to say iconic Ultra 4 car. You know, you, you have the, the, the lines that just remind you of a race car, but again, you have solid axle front and rear. Uh, sometimes, you know, there's a lot of variability in the suspension people use for them. You know, you going out there and having exposure to King of Hammers, what was the bomber like for you? Having going to run the hammers in, in a completely solid axle car, you know, how did it feel when you first got it versus that moment when you decided, you know, I'm going to go get a different car, I'm going to go get something more advanced? What, what, the, the, the bomber, you know, I, I knew when I was having two of them built, one for my dad and I, that it wasn't, it wasn't the, the you know, that's when IFSs were starting to come out. But right. again, I, I, I always take baby steps, you know, right. I didn't, I didn't want to go spend you know double the money on an ifs car i completely and, understand and a solid axle car so we we got the solid and again i pre-ran in that car and it is you can the car just works but there's no there's no there's no guessing there's no thinking you can go in the desert you can go in the rocks it's reliable um we really got the car um faster after a, a few years shock tuning and, and uh, doing some adjustments, but uh, it was just to a point that I couldn't go any faster with the the full hydraulic mm -hmm. um, steering setup. I'd have to go to something different, and and I, I just you know I had the opportunity to do something different. But the, the, I, I still love the bomber. It's a great car. For rock crawling, it's amazing, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, I looked at it this year. I remember, you know, four years ago, there was there was a lot of bombers in the top ten. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, there was, and, and you know, Randy, he he can easily win it. That guy's a fast, fast, and he he, he doesn't stop. He just keeps going. He's like he's a he's a he's a, he's a whole nother level. But if you you know, unless he breaks, yeah. But yeah. Um, but if you look, the bombers are kind of gone. I mean, there's a few people that have them, but. It's IFS. That's the you know independent front, and eventually it'll probably be independent rear. You know, it's going to be a yeah. a razor or a Can Am on steroids. I mean, that's you, you it, know, it's amazing what ha that technology has really turned. You know what people are doing for for the Ultra Four going to the Ultra Four. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and a lot of the a lot of the people listening, you know, they trail ride and they wheel solid axle cars. When you say you know. That the bomber was great for rock crawling. The bomber, you know, I assume would be great for just everyday trail riding. Could climb what you need. Um, going, you know, if you can remember back on your experience in your Jeep, you know, I know that this is comparing apples and oranges, but going from a Jeep like that and and having a bomber, you know, other than having you know almost every part probably built uh, more <laughs> more sturdy, uh, but going from a, a full size Jeep to a bomber is, is that even comparable, or is it just unparalleled difference? It's it's a completely different. It's completely different. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It, it's. I mean, I I, I, I I have my Jeep, 
but am I gonna go drive that thing? It's I mean, it, it is the most uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I guess sometimes I sit in it. I can't believe I actually drove with where the pedals were. And, yeah. And I mean, it was. I. But then again, I didn't know any better. I was a young, dumb kid in, the, in my twenties, trying, you know, climbing up these things that I, the Jeep had no business even climbing. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's a night. It, it's a night. It's like going from a. To do a comparison, <laughs> from like a Honda Civic to uh, <laughs> to an, an SL five fifty Mercedes Benz. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah. Just, there's just no. There's no. There's no. And then if you go from the SL five fifty to uh, I don't know uh, for for the for the I've never had anything more than that. But if you go to a Lamborghini, I, I don't know if you had an IFS car. It, it, it's just a completely different levels. So so that that was actually my next question was you know skipping over the bomber and, and the experience there because you know did you you said you pre ran the bomber this year correct? What's that? You did you pre run the bomber this year? Yeah, okay. yeah, we pre-ran the desert section this year at the bomber. Okay, so you still got the bomber. Everything's good with that. Um, you know, moving on to your forty-four hundred car. You know, I want to start from the ground up because, again, this is one of the most advanced cars. You know, when you see it, you know that it's different. You know that you know it, it looks like a complete work of engineering. So the guys over at Armada. Um, why, you know, why did you choose them? Um, tell me a little bit about them because I, I can promise that not a lot of my listeners have probably even heard of them. Yeah. So, so the way it worked is again, being very fortunate to be able to, um, laser cut parts for a lot of my um, people I've offered for many years and being in the community and, and, and you build different relationships and Amon engineering was uh, one of those. They, uh, they, we've been cutting their parts out for years, and they're building. They build a trophy truck for Adam One, and they're doing a lot of 6100 trucks now. And you know, I, I called them one day and said, "Hey, you guys ever thought of maybe building an Ultra Four car?" And they're like, "Yeah, that'd be kind of cool." Yeah. And uh, and then you know, their big thing was we want, we want it to be different. We want it to be the the next step. So you know, we went over there and we sat down and we talked and and came up with a plan that we decided we were going to do independent front and rear, which um, I think there might have been one or two that have ever done that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we decided to put portals on it, so we had um, great ground clearance and make it as light as possible, which that was kind of a detriment to over the years of getting this car where it needs to be because mm-hmm. um, we made it a little too light. Um, so so when you're saying like chassis design, you make it too light, you know, how does that how does that hurt you? Yeah, so what a lot of guys don't know or not don't know, um, when, when desert racers desert race, they don't go through big boulders and smash into them. You can't you can't take an indie car and go uh, take it to the dirt and, and try jumping it. You know, right. I mean, right. I, I look at that car as it was built like an indie car, as light as possible, sexy. I mean, that was another thing. I wanted it sexy because yeah. everything has to be sexy. And, well, <laughs> to get things sexy, it's not functional. Yeah. So, you know, the radiators were all laid down in the back, and mm-hmm. the thing would overheat every, you know, in the beginning, and we, we kind of got them up higher. Now they're actually up in the airflow, and there's no issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, The tubes, a lot of tubes were a little light, and when you hit a rock, when you when you land your entire chassis, so you don't have a dip to hit, you what do you hit? You're going to hit the chassis. Right. You're going so to hit that if, you hit the, 
Yeah, you hit the bulkhead or you hit the the uh, tube underneath. Um, it bends it or it or it cracks it or wow. um, we 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 had a we had a lot of issues with that. What so, material was was the is the chassis built out of? You know, I I I, I think it was eighth inch, and okay. I think now we're eighth inch thick. Okay. Um, and now it's I believe um, three sixteenths. Okay. A lot of the tubes. Okay. And that solved a lot of the issue. And we we had to re- redo the bulkheads. The bulkheads um, again were also way too light. Mm-hmm. A lot of cracks, and um, we got those um, fixed. Uh, we uh, tried this shock that was supposed to be the baddest, greatest shock, and uh, it came to find out it wasn't the gra- baddest, greatest <laughs> shock, and there's no one to tune the shock. So uh, we and you, we didn't need sway bars with that shock. So do you want to do you want to say what the baddest shock is well the baddest shocks fox Absolutely. so fox fox is definitely the shock that i choose I, i've had kings i had kings on on my bomber mm-hmm. and uh they're a great company also uh but to me it's all in what you know i went out with the rebay who's a great guy knows how to tune but mm-hmm. some people uh they're only gonna give you so much yeah. you know there other people are gonna get more and, and be treated differently and we definitely uh, felt that we needed to switch our shocks. Uh, that was when Wayne uh, was working for Fox, and mm-hmm. he really helped us out a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, now the Hartman's there, which he has a lot of knowledge, and seems like a lot of people are happy with him. But I, 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 I'm, I'm behind Fox 110, percent mm-hmm. and uh, I, I like, I like that company. And I've been teaming up with Wayne. Wayne doesn't. Uh, actually work for fox anymore he works for all tech motorsports or he's the owner of all tech and mm-hmm. he's actually my, was my co-driver last year oh, that's awesome. um, at king of the hammers which really helped because he's had a lot of lot of experience um, with co-driving and he actually set up this system in in cab where you can adjust the shocks on the fly wow. which was amazing uh you know it, in uh, the desert slash the rocks because he can tighten it up and loosen it and uh, get the suspension right where it needs to be in certain sections of the race. So that was really cool. So one thing, I'm not your typical go-fast racer. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to piss blood at the end of the race. I'm not going (laughs) to beat myself up. I'm not going to hurt myself. There's more to life than, than just destroying my body and, you know, not not enjoying life later, you know, yeah, later I, I being all completely. broke apart. That's why I never got on motorcycles. I, I was always afraid I I would hurt myself. You always yeah. see my friends breaking their bones yeah. or, or doing that kind of stuff. And, and, and actually, that kind of hurt. I know that hurt me. If I was to ride motorcycles when I was younger, mm-hmm. I knew it would, it would definitely help with my race program where mm-hmm. it is now to go fast because... If you know how to ride a bike, you know how to hit the whoops and, yeah. the, and the jumps and the turns and all that. So I know that definitely was a is a hindrance on it. But that's what I choose, and that's where I am today. So that's yeah. the socks, Fox. That's that's who I go. I, I swear by the same with you have Goodrich tires. Uh-huh. Um, they've been really good to me. Um, they they've never really never been like a, a true sponsor, as in like I got should blow the money. Like yeah, it's always yeah. been. The, the best product. Yeah, I it's a bit, I had good years back in the day when I had my little CJ CJ five, mm-hmm. and uh, that tire worked great. And I remember that BF Goodrich wanted us to come on board, and we actually put the BFGs on the little Jeep, and the tires wouldn't work. The tires 
back then would not work with a sprung under Jeep. It was crazy. And I was losing tons of money because whenever you want, you got like, right. I don't know, three or four thousand yeah. dollars. And I was like, man, a good year wasn't doing shit for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, I eventually switched to BFGs when I got the Move Buggy in 2006, and we've been on BFGs since. So when you say you switched to BFGs uh, on your Moon Buggy, you know I'm assuming, and for those who don't know, you should assume as well, all Moon Buggies seem to run the same tire, that those are red label uh, BFG crawlers, correct? Correct. correct. Okay. And for those who also don't know, the red label is essentially uh, BF Goodrich's version of the sticky tire um, that's offered by Interco and all that. All, all brands typically... Uh, any race brand at least, um, will have some sticky compound of their tire that's just a little bit, you know, to not be a, so obvious, a little bit stickier and uh, will connect with the rock a little bit better. Um, but but going, you know, I'm going to roll back to your chassis for one second. Uh, Armada Engineering, uh, they they do everything by hand, correct, as far as welding and everything like that? Welding-wise, they do. The chassis, um, one thing that's really cool about car car was cnc computer controlled okay so all the carbon fiber was uh was uh a, a robot made the foam and then they they, they that with a cnc and then they laid the carbon fiber over the phone the portals are all out of a one solid piece of aluminum that's amazing 70 75 aluminum and made the portals the chassis was all laser cut tube and, and cnc bent all the a-arms um the upper A-arms were out of a solid piece of aluminum and, uh, you know, uh, CNC cut out. Mm -hmm. All the lower arms were all laser cut, actually, on our machines and bent. Uh, entire chat, everything's TIG welded. This one guy um, at Armada, he's an amazing TIG welder. I mean, I still look at the TIGs that he did and you mm -hmm. just go, I don't, how did he do it? I've it's seen just, pictures it's just, and it's, it's phenomenal. It's unreal. It's pretty insane. And, uh, it, 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 that's one. That's one thing where I, you know that car, everything about it was is 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 the best, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's just a great it's just a great car. Yeah, and, and one reason I wanted to highlight your chassis so much was you know, you you can't beat a dead horse enough, and uh, the foundations of your car, the things that really make your car work well are the most plain and simple things and when you take something plain and simple like a chassis and turn it into a you know technological work of art with hours and hours of, of, of hand work put into it tons of laser laser work uh, everything you can think of you really end up with a machine that has the platform to be unimaginable so I just really wanted to spend some time talking about that because, again, if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll give Instagrams and Facebooks at the end. Uh, just make sure you see a picture of the chassis bear. It is truly just something you know to marvel at. Um, but to go back to your tires, I have something that leads to that I've, I think all of us are curious about. Um, what size tire did you run on in, in, on your 4400 car this year? A uh, forty inch. Okay, so I noticed that there was uh, multiple people who had, you know, I don't know if they had actually tossed it around, um, but the BF Goodrich makes a forty-two inch KR two. Is that right? Yes. So why does no one run a forty-two versus a forty? Because it seems like there wouldn't be that much difference. Yeah, you know, I think the only guy that I know that runs a forty-two inch is Paul Horschel. Okay. And I've asked him about it because I mean I want any advantage I can get, and Absolutely. he says that he, he swears by it. He. Uh, 
he, I've actually thought about running possibly a, a 42. I just, I just, you know, I got, I got to, it just got to make the change. I think it's a 20 inch rim. Mm-hmm. So it'd be, a, it'd be different rims. Yeah, it would be. I um, that. But uh, I know, I think the other issue is though, is in ultra fours, do the series, there's a lot of short course racing. Mm-hmm. And I think the smaller tire is actually probably better than the bigger tire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know if you get a bigger tire, especially in the short course, you're going to need more horsepower yep. uh, in the short course. So now yep. you need a bigger motor. Yep. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, you know, different gearing. And it, it's just, you know, it's I, I think it's... I think you got, it's a just you gotta. You, there's more stuff than just oh, I'm just gonna go to a bigger tire. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of guys I always hear that you know bigger tires better this and that. And uh, the reason I wanted to ask is uh, you know it opens the whole debate of you know short course versus the track you're running on. You know the power versus the gearing things like that. And um, a lot of times people build their rigs around what tire they want to run, and sometimes it's just not the most logical way to build a rig. Yeah, but so this is something that I've wanted to talk to you about, and I have had huge questions. Uh, obviously, that forty-inch tire is wrapped around a beautifully copper-plated wheel. What's going on with that? <laughs> well, when I had Jesse Haynes build me my moon buggy that I have now, I, I wanted to, I wanted to be like no other moon buggy. So I, I. Uh, I asked him to TIG weld it. It was his first first car he's ever TIG welded, or at least, yeah, I think that's what he said. I think it's his last car he'll ever TIG weld. Um, <laughs> Only and, one. <laughs> but once you once you TIG weld it, you get a car that's TIG welded. You can't. It's hard to go back to a mid weld because the TIGs are so much pleasant looking and yeah. and everything else. So yeah, so he did that, and then I was telling myself, I'm like, how am I going to bling this thing out? It's hard to bling out a moon buggy. Yeah. Um, and then I said, the only way to do it is the rims, I mean, the wheels, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, sure. And uh, I, I was just, you know, I think I saw some copper-plated motorcycle wheels. I'm like, man, no one has ever copper-plated a wheel in, in like, rock crawling. So um, I, I hit up this chroming company that does, uh, you know, chrome plating and copper plating and, and had them done, and the rest is history. It's, it's kind of a signature... You know, then I did my ultra four and copper plate, and just what what it is now. <laughs> I would definitely say it's your, it's it's definitely a signature look for you guys. Uh, you know, just just looking at it. And, and the thing is, the thing is also is you, you see the race teams. They go to red, and they go to green, uh-huh. and they go to blue, and it's powder coated, and it's this, and it's that, and it, it's just the same old stuff. Right, and it, right. Like no, no one's doing anything different. I I guess. What really gets me off, or whatever you want to call it, is, <laughs> is thinking outside the box and and doing something different. You know, yeah. I, I I I guess that's what I really like. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like something. You know, what's next? You know, not not the status quo. I mean, I did the status quo when I had my little teeth, but now I'm, I've been very again very fortunate to be able to be creative, think outside the box, and and do. You know, keep keep the sport going and growing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, i I went to my I went to the rock crawl this weekend, and did I ever think that the guy who actually beat me was going to have the same exact chassis as me? The same, and I'm not going to say the same exact car because it is a little different, but mm-hmm. pretty much the same car. Right. You know, I mean, I can see that class actually being kind of a unlimited spec class, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to be running these Jesse Haynes chassis with with portals. 
and rear steer, and it's going to be like a, an unlimited expect class. It's going it, I never thought I'd get to that, but if I didn't have that car built, we wouldn't have had people buying cars and, 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 and getting into it or, or letting people drive the car. I mean, how many people let let other people, people that you don't even know, I didn't even know this, know how yeah. many people would drive my moo buggy, but yeah. it's, they aren't going to break it. Everyone's all worried they're going to break it. Or, <laughs> I don't have the money to pay for it. I'm like, you're not going to break it. If you break it, it was already broken. Right. And uh, it's just really cool to, 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 to get people excited about doing something that they might not ever have been able to do. And, you know, someday maybe they'll want to get into the sport and there'll be more competitors and, and keep the sport going. I think that mentality that you have in that regard is just – it's unheard of, obviously, and uh, more so than anything, it's so important to the sport. Um, I know a lot of guys who trail ride, a lot of guys who you know, are just your everyman. They will go to these races, uh, they'll look at vehicles, they'll walk around, and they'll think to themselves, wow, man, I'd never be able to have something like this. And, and just giving someone the chance to ride with you, you know, you take it a step further, you're like, hey, take it out, let's go. Um, that right there is enough inspiration, in my opinion, to get someone to really solidify plans to make it happen for themselves. So, from from my team, yeah, especially kids. You know, yeah, I, I absolutely. Have, I have kids, you know, ten, twelve year olds hop in the car and burn the boom buggy around, and I mean, it's it's just amazing. I mean, they're going to remember that and forever, yeah, forever. Forever. It's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And again, I just want to say like a huge thanks because. Uh, you know, more people that we can bring to our sport, the more popular it gets, and it's better for everybody. No one loses when our sport yep. gets more popular. Um, so, back to your 4400 car. Um, do you have uh, w- what's the power plant in that vehicle? It's an LSX. It's just a, it's just a LSX. Okay. Uh, is there a motor you've run before that you like better, or is that is that the cream of the crop for you? That's the that's just the motor. It's nothing. It's nothing big. It's only a six six hundred fifty horsepower. <laughs> nothing um, big. <laughs> re, re, reliable. It's it's very reliable. Um, I, I don't want something I have to see. A little more info about myself. If you ask me about specifications and what size cam and uh, what's my uh, any of that information, I don't. I don't know any of it. I, it just doesn't do anything for me. I know a lot of guys that build their cars and have right. their cars. They know the gear ratios. Right. And, and I've I, I never been that guy. Um, so I, I did want to have my little cheap, but mm-hmm. now I just I really enjoy driving, mm-hmm. and I focus I focus on that. But yeah. um, it's just a reliable motor. It was built by CBM Motorsports, so I've been really good friends with Chris Bland there. He's the owner. Okay. Or one yeah. of the owners there. And, uh, again, we, we laser cut parts for him, and, I, I, I've been, I, 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 a lot of people outside looking in, um, the good thing that, so they understand is, is having relationships with people that I'm able to do work for, uh, you know, you're able to, to be able to do things, let's call it as yeah. in motors and chassis and shocks and tires and all of that. It's not like I, I just write, I'm able to write a check. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a DJ Baldwin. We'll call it, you know. Right. right. I, yeah. Absolutely. I, creative thinking is 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 what 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 I've always done, and yeah, and uh, to be able to get where I'm at, and yeah, absolutely. I think I, the older I get, and for everybody else listening who's young, the older you get, the more you realize uh, it's a lot more of who you know, uh, and, and being a nice person, and just being a good human being than uh, necessarily what you know. 
Um, I think there's a there's a lot that's said in uh, just how you treat other people, and obviously, Absolutely. obviously, you treat people well enough that they wanna they wanna help you out and return favors. So, um, I think that's awesome. Um, but anything else about your 4400 cars, like you know, specifications wise, you want to talk about before we go into uh, your your race season and, and what you have planned for this year? You know, we haven't really talked about the 4400 car. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's just a really cool car. It's surreal. It's uh, you know the difference between a solid axle, yeah, that's, um, yeah and uh, and an independent car is a solid axle beats you up. I mean, it pretty much just goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, for layman's terms, and there were the independent. I mean, it's it's independent. You you, you Randy Slauson took the car for a spin. Uh, a few months before King of the Hammers, and he's mm-hmm. all, you know, you want me to tell you what I like about the car? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I don't know where the tires are. I, really? I don't know. I don't know where the tires are. He's like, I really like knowing where my tires are. Well, in a solid axle car, you know where the tires are. Can you feel where the tires are at? Right. independent, you know, you, you don't know where they're at. You kind of have to just, it floats. Yeah. And what's really cool in the rocks is, uh, in the rocks, it beats you up left to right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 you'll just be jostling the whole time where the independent, it doesn't beat you up at all. It just floats, literally floats over the rocks. And a lot of people say, oh, it'll never work. It doesn't work in the rocks. Mm-hmm. And it's it's far from the truth. It's it's a razor on steroids. Yeah, and, yeah. So, uh, it, just, it just works. So I'm, I'm a razor guy. And, you know, I, I see a full-size rig as... Uh, you know, obviously there's bigger tires, so there's more ground clearance, but most importantly, I see that there's bigger suspension. So you have more suspension to tune, more suspension to play with, more travel. You know, it seems like my Razor ride's pretty good as is, and I'm on stock turbo shocks. And I just imagine something that's as well tuned as an IFS and IRS 4400 car. And I, you know, just out of completely selfishness, I would love to just be in the car as you're going through rocks, be in the car as you're running through the desert, and just be able to see and feel what the pinnacle of, of well-designed suspension feels like. Uh, but, but you know, what? other than you just saying you wanted to build something different, what was the draw for you to design a, a completely independent, uh, all-the-way-around car? The, 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 advantage, the advantage of having no diffs. No diffs to worry about in the rocks because all the trails are designed and to where you 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 have diff hangers, mm-hmm. and if you have no diffs, you have you have the advantage to just go right over those lines. Now, when you say any, when you say no diffs, you just mean the actual physical big chunk that sits right in the middle and then grabs onto everything underneath it, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. And uh, and then what? Go ahead. When I. When I had my, when I had, when I had, when I had, my moon buggy has diffs, but they're, they're all the way tucked, um, next to the tires. So mm-hmm. technically they're, they're, well, actually, no, I'm thinking of my old moon buggy. Well, now I have portals, so, and the diffs are so small, mm-hmm. it's, it's not. But my old moon buggy, the diff used to be way tucked, I had a little shaft on one side and a really long shaft on the other, you know, going to the diffs. Right, right. And there was no diffs, and that made a huge advantage. So, um, I, I, the independent, you, you with the portals, you're able to just be able to just go over the rocks that you typically get hung up on. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the desert, it's it's amazing. You go as fast as you want. I mean, <laughs> we were hitting we were hitting three to four foot whoops. I, I got it up to like 
I think 675, 60 Ooh, plus 70, where, where Wayne was able to get it up to 85. And, you know, Shannon Campbell or Shearer or Healy, they'd be doing 120 in my car. It, it's an amazing car. It's just, and I will never, you'll never see the full potential from myself because, mm-hmm. again, I'm only going to go so fast that I'm comfortable going. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just that's just how I. Yeah, I am. no, trust me. I mean, you're in you're in good company here. I uh, you mentioned earlier that a lot of these guys who rock bounce and uh, a lot of the guys in the side by side world of rock bouncing, um, they're nuts. They are crazy. And ever since I've started going to these races, you know, <laughs> not to insult anyone, and I don't mean as an insult, but sometimes you got to think, man, uh, do I have more brains or balls? And <laughs> You know, I think a lot of those guys, man, they've just got a big pair of nuts because uh, they they are not afraid of anything. And uh, well, what, what's what's really cool? Well, not what's cool, but the, the like this, the, in the rock bounce thing. And, and I don't know all the names, but mm-hmm. I do follow Tim Cameron. And I'll tell you that guy, that guy, he is so calculated mm-hmm. in throttle control yep. and how he goes and attacks the hill and turns. It's so it's an amazing. I mean that. That that is, I don't think there's a lot of Tim Cameron's. Maybe there is, but it just seems like he he builds his own car and the whole thing. But he really knows how to do it. I mean, the guy is a true, like a professional versus you know some guys that get lucky and bounce up the hill or or whatnot. I'm sure there's a skill there. Said I don't. Again, I don't want anyone to take it wrong, but you know, there's finesse versus you know. Hitting the throttle and closing your eyes. Yeah, no, trust me, I've I've hit the throttle and closed my eyes quite a few times, so <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but but yeah, t- Tim especially is is a great one to to use as an example because um, he, you know, there's very few people that have as much success as Tim does. But after being around the Southern Rock Racing Series for as long as I have been, there's no one that drives like Tim. Uh, there's it's just it's different it's like he sees the hills differently and uh it's funny i've I've spoken to a few uh few of his friends that um will go ride with him or just go hang out with him and uh the one thing that they've told me is that he physically can walk and you know can can walk run jump up and down a hill just as efficiently as he can in his buggy and you know he's I heard one guy called him a little billy goat because he can run up a hill, not be winded, and it's just like effortless for him. Really? It's the weirdest thing because when I heard it, I was like, <laughs> man, that's got to translate over to the driving because, you know, I, I, whenever I see a hill, you know, I'm trying to sit there and think about the best way up, and I'm sure that he sees something completely different, and obviously that comes with years of experience, but there's something in that brain that just clicks for hill climbing. Yeah, and I, I remember when he, he drove the bomber, came out the King of the Hammers. Yeah. I think he finished, or maybe he didn't. I don't remember. And, and he, he uh, I don't think it was his thing, and they were thinking of doing an IFS, but I remember him going to the back door and just finessing, trying the, the harder line. And I think he actually rolled, but you could just see his brain thinking and, and, and how he, you know, it's just the calculations going on, on, on how to do it. But it, it's pretty cool. There's, there's, only, there's only so many guys like that out there. Yeah, but to loop it back to what we were talking about, I completely understand that, you know, sometimes a car will outdrive the driver. Um, I say all the time that my Razor will go places I don't want to take it. And, 
uh, you know, I would imagine something like what you have in your 4400 car. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me it could hit well, you know, well into the hundreds, uh, you know, above 130 plus if you really were into it. But, um, you know, I definitely understand wanting to be conservative because uh, you're one, one, one rock away from something, uh, something rough. But uh, yeah, and that that's the other part of the car. You know, we've had we've had so not gonna say so many issues, but we've had so many bugs working out. Being that you know it's a car that, which again I sometimes wonder what the hell was I thinking. You know, sure. I've always been one of those guys to buy a car that's proven. Right. That's why I bought Mitch Guthrie's Moon Buggy. That's why I bought Twisted Custom Car. That's why I bought uh, Bomber. I mean, it, it's been proven. It, it works, and it, and and, and it, there's no. Not much you have to do to it, mm-hmm. and then when you think outside the box and use some, something completely different, there's going to be issues. And we definitely have worked through a lot of the issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can think about King of the Hammers this year. You know, the the first lap, uh, the desert loop, the 92 mile desert loop. Mm-hmm. It uh, we didn't push it. We were just cruising, you know, mm-hmm. doing our thing, and we were about a half hour off pace. And then we came at the second lap, and I lost the brakes, and come to find out, a uh, um, my pip, my pivot bolt broke on my upper a arm going to my portal, and uh-huh. I thought we fixed it because we we did some you know we did a, a stronger piece there, but we mm-hmm. didn't. But if I would have pushed it harder, we would have been broke at you know the joke is a mile marker five, you know because that's how <laughs> we did the year before. But yeah. uh, it's uh, you know it, it's I think I've heard Eric Miller say it before. It's kind of it's a race of nutrition, especially King of the Hammers. You kind of get in a groove and save your stuff and get every, all the fluids warmed up and, you know, make sure the car is ready to go for lap two and especially lap three. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll tell you, Jason Shear and uh, Eric Miller and I don't know who got third. I think it was one of the Campbells. They, they were on a whole nother level this year. Amazing, to, you know, to do that race in six and a half hours. That, yeah. was, that was pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, you mentioned that, you're working out some of those bugs in the car. Uh, what were some of the bugs? Because obviously you really are trailblazing an entirely new path for off-roading as you know a whole. Uh, the whole independent car in the full-size world has never really been done uh, until you guys really started getting that ball rolling. There's a few others out there, but you know, whenever I think of that, I think of you guys first. What were some of the trials that y'all had as you guys were building this car? Yeah, let's see. <laughs> um, I, I mean, like I see on the chassis, uh, we didn't realize, but uh, everything was built too thin. I mean, even the drive shafts. The drive shafts were built out of a, I don't know, 90 thou. Yeah. And we were we were twisting drive shafts. We went through that. And then we, uh, we, we had uh, the arms. The lower arms were all too light. And I had uh, uh, Rev 2 built. And then... Like no, no, they need to be even stronger. So I had Rev three built, and the the lower A arms finally got strong enough to be able to uh, to withstand a rock. Yeah. Uh, we just recently redid the bulkheads front and rear. Um, what what's kind of sucks about Ultra Four is you, you, you everyone talks about light, 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 light. You can't build an Ultra Four light because mm-hmm. you have to build it like a bulldozer right. you have to be able to smash into a rocket speed mm-hmm. and to be able to smash into a rocket speed you have to have a bulldozer yeah. so i just you know <laughs> that's just what it is yeah um the lower AR bolts for five eighths bolts we just recently um increased those to three quarter inch bolts Ooh. uh portals um portals uh we blew up gears we were blowing up stock gear sets that supposedly yeah. no one ever broke yeah and i had to 
um, I had to go to another manufacturer because the company that makes the portals never didn't make the gear sets right at the time to make the gear sets. Mm-hmm. So I went to Wiseman, who um, made my um, transfer case and my front and rear diff, mm-hmm. uh, and had them make uh, some custom gears for the portals. That solved that issue. Portals, we. Uh, I mean, I can just keep going down yeah. the list. How, how tall were uh, your portals? What's that? How, how tall were your portals right now? How tall? Like, like, what's the offset? I, I told you, I don't know all that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a, like three inches. Okay, like, yeah, that's it's, yeah. You know, I, I, the only reason I ask is because uh, uh, portals on razors are getting popular, and they have everything, they? everything from four to like twelve. So, you know, I was just wow. curious on 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 this on a forty four hundred car. I would imagine, you know, when you say portals, my brain immediately goes bad idea. But seeing your car and, and just seeing that, you know, you guys went through the process that I guess you would expect with portals, if you really think about it, is the gears in the portals are probably a weak link. Um, you know, you mentioned that, that that was kind of a continuous struggle. Uh, when you guys finally got that fixed, did it did it push the problem down the drive line, or were there just other things, you know, that were wrong? Well, you know, the thing is, is the faster you go, the harder you go, the more that, you know, the more fatigue the car gets. So you find out, you know, oh, well, that bolt isn't strong enough. Mm-hmm. Or or the, well, like I was saying, the bulkheads aren't strong enough. Or the arms aren't strong enough. Or the chassis isn't strong enough. Mm-hmm. So it's just been it's just been a constant um, making things better. I mean, I, I, I want to, I'm going to get this car to where it doesn't have issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Pellegrino just, just had a car built similar to mine uh and you know he's going through the same things he he should go through it quicker Mm because i think that's all he does is work on his car and race Mm -hmm. and do that stuff so they'll get through and he has a great team over there but Mm -hmm. it's uh there's a lot of trial and error um absolutely the the diffs in the car they're like they're they're diffs that pro twos run i mean no one no one in ultra four runs these diffs what is uh what, what what is pro two for our listeners who don't know Pro two, Pro four. It's a short course. It's those those. Um, gotcha. It's what Kyle the Duke, uh, Rob McCachran run around on the short course. And those yeah. cars and jumps and turns. I was about to say it's the trucks that fly through the air. <laughs> yeah, they fly through the air and yeah. do crazy. You know, just go around turns at a crazy speed. Well, Wiseman makes makes the disc for that and the, the transfer case and um, yeah, they also make a lot of the parts for trophy trucks. So it's a, it's a, it's the next level of. Of stuff, the diffs. We actually had a few issues also because what 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 we didn't realize or not or what we underestimated is when you go to a portal, the the going from the portal to the diff, it spins two times faster. So, say you're going 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. it's actually spinning you know 200 miles an hour. Yeah. It, it's I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it it's, made, it's a gear reduction there. Yeah, it's a gear yeah. reduction, so it, it made everything spin quicker. So yeah. the the diff had a, an unlocking part where it, it unlocks and locks, but when it's in the rocks, actually, I'm going two different routes here. <laughs> we had an issue where the diff would unlock in the rocks, uh-huh. so we had that took a while to get through, mm-hmm. and with the diffs getting hot. Um, but also we had another issue with the um, with the gear reduction. That was a whole other deal. Now, and, guys, the, and then the cooling and how did you guys there, get the diffs to cool down? 
Um, we got the discs to cool, cool down. What's cool about their discs is they actually have a pump in it. So cool. the pump, we just put it through a cooler and a fan, and mm-hmm. then back to the diff. And uh, <laughs> there's this one time we we went out and we we were all excited. We got the diff back and put it in, and we went a half a mile and. Like, how? What the hell is that noise? Well, <laughs> the pump, the the pump was put in backwards, uh-huh. so the different. You know, we actually have a, a diff temp gauge now because diff was getting to like six hundred degrees, oh which my wasn't good. Now it runs at one fifty. Yeah, there you go. It's you know we got through it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, so what would you say is the most frustrating thing you had to deal with on the car? Just the overall strength. You know, overall, I I think the most frustrating is not being able to drive it. I, sure. I, I was the most frustrating. I mean, when I got my bomber, when we put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles on it to to just become one with the car and mm-hmm. that that car, I. I, I mean, I still haven't put a lot of miles on it. It'd be nice to just go put a couple hundred miles on it here and a couple hundred miles out there, go mm-hmm. do the rock trails and go to a race. It's just, we, we work on it more than we actually get to to the, the ratio of prep and work mm-hmm. slash to be able to drive the car have, have definitely not not been in our favor. So I say that'd yeah. be the most frustrating part because yeah. the more I... The more you get comfortable with the car, the faster you go, you know? Yeah, so. no, I, I absolutely understand. And that is, uh, I'm sure, you know, that's a super frustrating problem that, that teams run into, uh, you know, I'm sure all the time. But it, it sounds like, again, you guys are just going through growing pains with uh, with new technology. And, you know, I think that, uh, again, I know you have a ton of support, and I think that you guys will get it nailed down. Um, but on a lighter note, What's your favorite thing about the car? When it's running perfect, what just is that one thing where you just crack a smile? I think the best part for me on the car is is when someone hops in the car that's never been in it, never been in an Ultra 4, and they get to experience it. Really? It's, it's, it's the best part of the whole thing. To, and then, you know, to, to, to fly through the desert at, you know, 60, 80 miles an hour over to Chocolate Thunder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, that person has never been even in the rocks. Yeah. You know, they've only watched it on TV or went to King of the Hammers. And we go up the rocks and we go back to camp and they, you look over and you go, well, what do you think? And they're just, they don't, they're just, I mean, they're shaking or they're like, holy it's just, it's just, it's just that, I think that's probably the best part. Yeah, absolutely. I could, uh, I can only imagine. Uh, I personally, I can only imagine having that experience too. I know just going up uh, Chocolate Thunder itself would be just, I'm sure, terrifying. You know, we have ledges and stuff, but we don't have we don't have rocks like you guys have all the time out there. I think another good part is when you when you complete King of the Hammers. That's a really good feeling. I haven't had that feeling for a couple <laughs> years now. You know, it's yeah that that that's a good feeling, and the team and the, the all the effort and time that goes into it. Um, but I definitely made it a point to, to not be about just the race. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I've created Laser Town and, and uh, you know, have that distraction, we'll call it, out yeah. there. So I think that that's a, an awesome segue, um, Laser Town. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to let you explain it from the ground up, actually. Laser Town, what is it? Tell me about it. Laser Town is a place that, that I'm able 
that I'm able to go and and do what I want and and just get away from it all. It's uh, I've been going to the Hammers for 22 years, and uh, it's great. I mean, I and I, I was very fortunate to be able to. Uh, one of my acquaintances asked if I wanted to be part of this piece of land. Mm-hmm. Uh, about four years ago, and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, there's private property out there. Do you want to be part, of, be a partner in this with three other guys?" And I'm like, "Oh, what's it going to cost me?" And well, he's all eight hundred bucks. I'm like, eight hundred bucks, and well, what's bucks? that going to, what's that going to get me? And I was going to get us ten, ten acres. I'm like, "What the hell? Oh what? what I mean, are you, are you, are you blowing smoke or what? What does this make any sense?" And he's yeah. like, "Yeah, I, I found this land and." And an option, and it's going to close, and blah blah blah. And they want thirty two hundred dollars for it, and I got you know four other guys, and it'll be eight hundred bucks a piece. I'm like, all right, cool. So we we got the land, and uh, we cleared all the brush off of it, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to make a berm around it, so um, people knew it was private property. And yeah. the craziest thing is, people thought it was what we were a bunch. Of, we were crazy. We were doing this on BLM land, which <laughs> we we weren't. Uh, we got the corner surveyed and um, had a place to take our RV and our family out to the hammers and, and be safe. Because the worst thing about going camping to me, so so a little more about myself. I'm an introvert. Okay. I, I I'm not I'm not a crowd person or a party animal or a social butterfly. A lot of people don't get me. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 probably a lot of people think I'm an ass or think I'm rude or anything. <laughs> I, I'm not. I just I do my thing, you know, and, yeah. and it normally, it, it's a, normally with a small group of people I are in my circle or my family, and, mm-hmm. you know, that that's just how I'm made up. But back to um, Laser Town, so so we cleared all the brush, had a great place to camp, and, and back to camping, I, 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 I always get anxiety that I'm not going to have a place to camp. <laughs> <laughs> so you go out there, and especially the King of the Hammers. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you're gonna, you don't. You got to go out there a week ahead of time, yeah. and then you don't know if you're going to get that group of people that play music till three in the morning and and are shooting guns or fires and people. I guess just the way people are, they love camping right next to other people. Right. And I, I, I bet I don't camp away from me. I don't want to have some space. Yeah, there's all this so land like, out there, and you got to be right yeah, next right? to me. Yeah, right. So it all, it all, it all worked out, and then in typical fashion, uh, to. I, I, Again, I, I'm one of those guys that likes to, to do stuff, and I, I can't sit and do nothing. I, I either have to be working or driving or or um, something. I, I, I have a, only time I sit and do nothing is when I get home, which I'm about ready to get home and yeah. sit on the couch and enjoy some time with my family and you know eat dinner. But so, anyways, two of the partners they wanted out, so I had to, I had to buy them out. The other partner didn't want to buy them out because for whatever reason. So I bought the other two partners out, then I own 75%. And then, you know, in typical fashion, I pissed off my other partner. Nice. Uh, or pissed <laughs> off their wife or whatever you want to call it. Right. Who, who, who pretty much, you know, ran the show. And uh, had to buy him out. So now I own Laser Town, and we just bought another 10 acres, another 10 acres. So we have 30 acres. Man. And uh, we put a well in and... Uh, we, the whole canopy, the reason why there's a container with a canopy is one year, 
I had my crew guys come out, set all the tents up, put the sandbags, the carpet, and mm-hmm. everything, and we sat down at the fire, and the wind came. Mm-hmm. It just blew the entire canopy down. And that year, we didn't even have a canopy. Because I'm saying, you know, this is just not going to work. So we got a couple more containers, and we put the canopy up, and it just kind of evolved. You know, I, I, I've i always thought that graffiti art is kind of a cool thing. So yeah. I was looking for some graffiti artists, and come to find out, graffiti artists are very expensive. <laughs> I So so it, for those, again, uh, you know, uh, it's LazertownJV on Instagram, correct? Yes. So if you, if you haven't seen this, um, there's it, it's a... Uh, exactly how he described it. It's essentially just a very deep line in the sand in the shape of a rectangle. Uh, he's got a lot of shipping containers out there that he's turned into livable space. But the spray paint and the graffiti he's talking about uh, is beautiful art all over these shipping containers. And it looks like on every corner you've got something. And uh, I think your latest edition was a, a set of trees. And man, I, I'm telling you, I'm actually just sifting through your Instagram right now. Uh, it's beautiful. All of the art yeah. is excellent. Yeah, we uh, we originally had the the you know kind of the graffiti of Laser Town, and then it evolved to like I asked my daughter what does she want, and my three <laughs> and a half cent T Rexes. So we put this huge T Rex on the side of this container. That's and awesome. My, my other daughter wanted a a cool eye, and, and, and you know everything they want. The trees actually represent. There's six trees, and it's it's myself, Lindsay, my wife, mm-hmm. my daughter. Lacey and Charlie, and then our two dogs, and uh, we did a jackalope, and anyways, it kind of evolved. Just and then we did some uh, some cool flowers that go into the sky, and a sixty foot flagpole with the eye in the sky, a camera on it. So, you, like right now, if I want to see what you know, because Johnson Valley is like no other place to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got sixteen cameras out there. I have live feeds to where I can see what's going on and what's wow. you know everything that's out there and. We put a weather van, and and then also we just did the container house, which <laughs> it, it was quite a project. I didn't. It's pretty much like building a house, um, but we we put ten containers together. They're nine foot six high. They're forty deep, so it's pretty much a thirty two hundred square foot container house. Yeah, it's amazing, and, and it has this great, uh, large, great room, which is five of the containers, no posts, freestanding, huge kitchen, and five bathrooms four bedrooms it's pretty much a house i mean you yeah. can you can you can live there and it's, again just looking at the pictures you know we're saying shipping containers and there's livable space inside but you know this isn't just the you know what you see in like a, a kidnapping movie where someone gets thrown in a shipping container <laughs> this is <laughs> this is you you have like uh stainless steel appliances uh wood walls wood wood cabinets you've got everything that you could ever need in there and it looks amazing on top of that yeah and, and if you know everyone always asks you know like what are you going to do about break-ins what are you going to do about the meth guys out there that do drugs and like to break into and stuff mm-hmm. and if anyone's listening that is worried about that or concerned about it we 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 have don't don't try because it, 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 it's not going to be good for you. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would imagine that you have uh, you have everything you need out there pretty well guarded. Yeah, it's pretty guarded. That's uh, that's exciting though. But uh, you know, just moving on. One of the one of the rooms or one of the the I don't even know how to describe it areas of Laser Town that um, is so unique to me is you have an open bay area with red carpet in it. What was your what, what was your inspiration for that? 
Well, that's when the tents, the, the, the white tents blew down and we decided that, you know, I'm not going to put up a tent ever again. Mm-hmm. We put three shipping containers in a U-section and I wanted to make it tall enough to be able to put my RV under. Yep. We actually, we have a, bu- we have a bus. I bought a school bus for my wife a few years ago because <laughs> she's, she, she always would smile whenever she see a school bus. And uh-huh. I'm like, why do you smile? I just love school bus. Like, what, what, what's a better Christmas present? A school bus, right? Uh, so. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> she likes trains too. I've been trying to find a, 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 a you know, like a yeah. caboose or yeah. a, a passenger car, but that's a little harder to find. Yeah, I would say so. Well, I know out east we've got a few floating around here in, yeah. the, in the mountains somewhere. You just drive up on them when you're out in the woods. It, 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 that is you got to have a train to get on a trailer and unload it and all that stuff. So. That's true. That's true. But yeah, it's a, you know, it just involved. I had one shipping container out there, then we decided to do the canopy, and then we had three, four containers out there. I think now we have 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16 containers out there. And I don't know, we got some cool ideas coming up too, you know, maybe some underground stuff. I'm not a prepper, just so mm-hmm. if anyone wants to wonder if I'm a prepper, but <laughs> it is kind of cool to have a place off the grid out yeah. in the middle of nowhere, or, you know, with what I love about Johnson Valley and one of my favorite things to do is to make new trails, to mm-hmm. build up a canyon that no one's ever been up. That That is that is a lot of fun. Yeah. So also, and probably most importantly, it looks like you have a pool, or is this a lake? <laughs> um, That's a pond. Okay. It, it, we originally put the pond in, because I had a wash going through my property, mm-hmm. and I learned a lot about um, blocking... A wash. Yeah. Come to find out, a dry wash, is, they could have a blue line going through it. And what hmm. that means is you cannot block the wash. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we got rid of the, the, the pond that was in the um, wash, and we moved it to the back where it is now. But uh, we actually have goldfish in there, and, and a, <laughs> I think a koi. And I think they're still alive. It's it's. That's amazing. I guess they they live through anything. Come to find out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've uh, I've heard that about goldfish, but that's uh that's pretty amazing. But uh, you know, Laser Town was one of those things that that on social media it, it looks like, you know, exactly what you would think with no explanation. You think this guy's building a survival shelter. Uh, but uh, it's it's way more than that, and it and it's awesome, and it's really cool art. You know, uh, it. This is just one of those things that I'm a I'm a very big advocate for individualism and just doing what you want to do, and uh, and that and that's exactly what it is. You know, I I I go out there, I can shoot my gun. Yep. I can go drive a tractor. I can go off roading. I can go blow up stuff. I can yeah. shoot off fire fireworks. I do literally. I can do whatever I want. You're in the middle of nowhere. Right. And it, it's really cool, especially in California, because. You can't do anything in California. It's true. So when I, I'm 150 miles from my house. I'm actually going out there tomorrow and uh, checking all the alarm systems and all the stuff we have set up that we just recently installed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's just great to get away, to get away from the freeways and the smog and the, and the, and the airplanes and the stupid people that, that you, you have to live <laughs> with. It's just, it's just a great, it's, it's good. It's good to just get away. Yeah. And, uh, and the best part is, I, my family's comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, my, my daughters love it out there, my wife loves it, our friends love it, and I made it comfortable to where, you know, it, it, it's, you don't have to load the RV up and, and then go out there for two days and then come back and mm-hmm. unload the RV, and it, it's just, it's so much work to where we, we made it really comfortable, and 
it's cool, you know. I mean, how many people can say they got a container home? Yeah, that's uh, and and not only that, <laughs> but like you've got your own city in the desert, so that's right? uh, that's really amazing. But uh, yeah, so you know, we we talked a little bit about your uh, your race at King of Hammers, um, and you said you ended at the second lap this year. Is that correct? Yeah, we well, yeah, just the start of the second lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what was the failure again? Uh, an, an upper pivot bolt. We'll call it a bolt. It okay. was more of a machine piece sure. that we thought that was going to be fixed. But our our uh, our fix to it is to double shear it. Mm-hmm. It is double sheared, and once it's double sheared, our the issue is going to be fixed. We we should have done that, but we thought we fixed it. Hindsight twenty twenty. Yeah, uh, but, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so what's your what's your race season this year look like? Where are you going to be? Where can people come Man, find you? This year is going to be quite a year. So uh, King of the Hammers is done. The first We Rock competition for rock crawling was this weekend. We got second place. Congratulations. Um, that, thanks. That's done. Uh, in three weeks, we have the Ultra Force Stampede up in Rancho Cordova with, uh, with them, which I think going to go into that. And then uh, a week after that, I'm going to go to Texas and do another We Rock competition in Mason, Texas, and pick up my kid's uh, buggy. I'm having a a, a picture, a Twisted Customs um, two-seater buggy, but 30% smaller. That's amazing. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I, I can't wait to see pictures of it. I'm really excited. Yeah, we're going to go do that, and then we'll come back from that, and then we have... uh, Let's see, we got, well, three more We Rock events. Ultra 4, I don't know if I'm going to go to Mexico. I, I, I need to understand how to do that. I don't, right. I'm not really sure on how that works safe wise, safely-wise. Sure, that. yeah. So we'll see on that. But uh, I got Trail Hero, Super Crawl, which uh, if anyone's never heard of Trail Hero, and if you have a Jeep or a buggy, Trail Hero, look it up online. It, it is the coolest event in sand hollow utah it's uh it's it starts on a wednesday ends on a saturday and it just beautiful it's a beautiful family will love it and it's from easy wheeling to extreme wheeling even if you have a side-by-side or or a k&m or whatever it they have trails for that it's really cool it's called trail hero i I can't say enough about that event yeah absolutely i'm I'm even going to check it out because i would be like to make it out to the west sometime here soon yeah, it's a really cool. So you'll be at Trail Hero, and then and then where? Then we might go to Japan. We might ship the moon buggy to Japan <laughs> wow. after Trail Hero. And I have an invitation to go to Australia to do the Tough Truck Challenge in yeah. uh, September. So my calendar's pretty much full. Yeah, I would say, um, especially towards the latter end of the year, those are two really big, uh, big opportunities. I'll say it like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, that's just, again, that's amazing, uh, all of what you have planned this year. Um, you had mentioned before that you had uh, wanted to come to the East Coast. Is this something you still would like to do? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, uh, obviously... I haven't, I haven't known what event to do. You guys got so many events back there. You got the... I, I don't know what one to go to. Yeah, so I'll tell you what I'm going to do is uh, after we get off the podcast, 
uh, I'll get in touch with you in the next few days and, and I'll get in touch with some people in the rock racing series and um, I'm going to see. We normally have the East Coast versus West Coast shootout at one point during the season. Uh, I know that that's happening this season and I'll, uh, I'll get the information back to you and uh, hopefully we can see you out here because uh, I, uh, I know it would be a huge hit and uh, it'd give you guys a, a great opportunity to come run some of the toughest hills we have to offer and uh, it'd be a great chance for the guys out east to see how to actually build a car. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what car would I bring, the Ultra 4 or the Moon Buggy? You, could, uh, you would probably want to bring the Ultra 4. Uh, the, okay. moon, the name of the game down here in the south is Momentum and Horsepower. If Got you it. can, if you can get get it going and keep it going, uh, more than likely you'll make it up to the top. Uh, okay. But like I said, uh, what I'll do is I'll get in touch with you the next few days, and uh, we'll look at the okay. schedule. And uh, you know, if not this season, uh, I can get in talks and see if uh, we can get something working for next season. Sounds good. Okay. Well, uh, that's pretty much all I had for you, Cody. Do you have anything else you want to say? Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Anything like that? Oh, well, um, I appreciate the time today. Um, I appreciate been, your time. You know, I go back, and uh, one of the reasons why I got back into um, hardcore rock climbing competitions is the kind of the legacy thing. And, uh, I, I, uh, you know, one of, one of my kids, and my, my three-and-a-half-year-old, she did, you know, if I didn't get back into her, she wouldn't know what I did or how I do. So we kind of... It's been kind of fun to get back into it. Definitely a little harder the older you get. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I, I need to get definitely get in better shape. But um, shout outs, uh, yeah. I mean, I just I, I love all my uh, all my family and friends and the people that follow. I got I got a laser nut. If anyone wants to follow our Instagram or Facebook, I have a laser nut page which we make some really cool parts. And if you need anything laser cut or bent, um, you can go to laser nut with an S not a Z. And, uh, if you want to follow our racing, you can go to laser nut racing. Uh, if you want to follow laser town, uh, Instagram's laser town JV or, uh, laser town on Facebook. And if you want to follow myself, it's Cody Wagoner, uh, W A G G O N E R on my Facebook or on Instagram. It's Cody Wagoner underscore laser nut. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much. I, I try to post every day, and uh, just kind of what what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, and and uh, try to live, eat, and breathe off road, ultra four, uh, rock crawling, and as long as I can do it. And you know, there's only so many more years it'll be, and you know, <laughs> yeah, then I'll absolutely. be in a, a wheelchair. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And uh, for those, you know, I, I can't, str I can cannot recommend following him on social media enough. Uh, he does a great job. He's always posting pictures of what's going on, and uh, you even might catch a sneak peek of something coming up uh, in the works. So, uh, Cody, it's been amazing to talk to you today. Uh, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to, after we get off the podcast, schedule some time to meet you in the middle of the season or after the season, and us just catch up and do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I, one other thing I like to say is, which we really didn't touch on, is RC cars. If if kids or, or adults or anyone, you know, if you can't if you can't afford a, a full size um, car, hit up Axial. Um, I, I've been had a really great relationships with Axial Horizon Hobbies, mm -hmm. and uh, you can have a crap load of fun 
with a little RC car. Actually, you can almost have more fun because you can you can you can share it with your kids or yep. your friends, and you can do it in your backyard or or out at the desert or mountains or wherever. But uh, they're they're a lot a lot of fun. And so, uh, so I don't talk a lot about it actually, but uh, my my five year old and I we actually uh, she has an SEX ten by Axial, and I actually run a bomber. Uh, and I really love both of them. And uh, I follow UC Fab on Instagram as well. And I saw that he actually yeah. built um, he built you some cars. And if you guys don't follow him, give him a look because uh, it, it's basically a one tenth version of both of uh, the Laser Nut Race vehicles. And they're amazing. And I actually was going to ask you, uh, you know, you got a hold of that miniature forty four hundred car, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I have one. How did how did that work for you? You know, going from the the big one to the little one, it really is you know almost as much fun. Uh, it's a little fun in a different way. It's great. I love my bomber, but you know, having your custom car built into a custom miniature version, it, it, how cool is that? It, it was pretty cool. I I didn't, you know I always what I try to do is um, every car I have built or or I buy. I, I like to get an RC version or smaller scale so I can put it on the shelf. And yeah. the joke is, is once I get that car, then I sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so those before I haven't sold yet, but yeah. I don't plan on selling it for a while. And the, the boom buggy, same same thing. But it, it's just something that, you know, I, ha I have all the cars that I've, I've had built on the shelf, and it's cool to look back at them because I, I, you can't keep all your cars. Out there. You have yeah. a garage or a shop full of cars. So right. it, it, it's really cool. And there, there's some really, really cool things coming up uh that will be coming up in 2020 that's all i can say but that's exciting uh, there's some cool stuff so and and that's uh axial racing a x i a l uh for those who who want to look it up um i can't recommend it enough uh me and my my stepdaughter we love it it's a great thing for us to do and uh i'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that cool man so is that it anything else yeah, I think I'm good. I think I need to something. Okay, cool. Well, hey, we did an hour and a half, and uh, I feel really good about it. And uh, I just want to let you know how thankful I am you took the opportunity to talk to me today. And uh, I'm sure that everyone listening loves it. And uh, we're looking forward to next time we get to talk to you, Cody. And, yeah, anytime, uh, anytime, man. I, I'm like I said, uh, I'm an open book. I'm a straightforward, straight shooter as it is. And people either like it or they don't. So that's that's how I roll. All right, Cody, I appreciate it, and I'll let you go. Thanks again, man. Okay, have a good one. Thanks. You Thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, go to our Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram, whatever it is. We have links to our contest. Make sure you guys sign up. We're going to be giving away a whole bunch of stuff at the very end of the racing season. And like, subscribe, so we can give you more content better. Thanks for listening today. See you guys next time.